climate change, poverty, mental health, young people and adults face a world of constant change. It's the connections we make, innovations and education that come together to help us make a difference. Welcome to the power of young people to change the world. In this program, we bring together leaders that share stories designed to inspire you to serve, learn, and change the world. Now, here's your host, Amy Muirs. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Power of Young People to Change the World. I'm your host, Amy Muirs, and I'm here every Thursday on Voice America Empowerment Radio, where together we explore how young people are using their ideas, creativity, and passion to shape a better world, and how educators are utilizing the power of service learning to redesign education. You know, over the past 20 plus weeks, um, I've had the amazing opportunity to interview some phenomenal change makers, these young people who are tackling climate change, economic justice, education and gender equity, so many other challenges that are facing our world, our communities. Um, and we've, I've also had the opportunity to introduce you to some pretty amazing organization who are leading in the service learning space. Today, we're going to take a really deep dive into service learning, what it is, what it isn't, what it looks like, and how to get started. So joining me today is educator, entrepreneur, and service learning expert, Shara Wolf-Cohen. Shara is the founder of Innovative Solutions, an organization that partners with schools, districts, organizations, and universities to develop innovative and courageous solutions in education. She's also my partner and co-leader of NYLC's Service Learning and Instructional Leadership Certificate. And I'm just so excited to have her on the show today. She is a wealth of information. Shira, welcome to the show. Ah, thank you. Uh, it is an absolute uh, pleasure to be here with you. We've spent so much time on uh, Zoom and teaching uh, virtually. And so this is great to be able to spend uh, time talking today with each other. Wonderful. Um, thanks so much, Shira. I, I know a ton about you, but our listeners don't. Um, would you be able to share a little bit about your background with everyone for us? Absolutely. So um, I, I'm an educator, right? I'm an educator K-16. I spent uh, 19 years um, at a charter school here in Philadelphia, where I supported the growth of the school and really ensured that service learning was embedded in practices K to 12. Um, as I departed that work, I really led into an education space that revolves around um, innovation and courage, which service learning speaks a lot to, right? Being able to make these decisions and step into service learning where you can make a difference and it might be a little bit out of the box. And so in my work today with Innovagis, we work across the country to um, spearhead and lead leaders and schools in implementing these uh, innovations. And so that might mean things like, how do we pivot from online to in-person? Mm -hmm. How do we develop project-based learning that also is career-infused? How do we develop service learning that really meets the needs of our school um, through our mission 
um, and through what our values are. And so um, I've also been taking that work into the higher ed space. So um, currently I'm supervising student teachers and practicum students and uh, teaching uh, students in their first course uh, in an early childhood ed program. And so really infusing what it's like to give back both to our smaller communities within our classroom, uh, to our families, to our neighborhoods and to the world. And so, um, you know, that's really my passion. And I try to bring that to every aspect of uh, my career and my life. And you've been part of the service learning field for quite a few years. Don't age I. me, Amy. Come on now. <laughs> if I age you, I age myself. Okay, so. okay, good to know. So we won't do that. <laughs> um, I love um, the idea of leading with courage because I think that speaks so much to um, not only service learning too, but also to where our teachers are right now. And you're, you're in the schools, you're helping schools navigate, you're helping teachers navigate right now. What does it look like um, in schools um, as our students and teachers navigate through this pandemic? What are you seeing? Yeah. You know, this is a, a different type of year. Um, we, you know, I think there's this um, meme going around like Facebook or this image, right? And social media that says like, here was the last year that was regular for kids, right? And so there's this huge gap that people are enduring this year, whether that's um, in academics clearly, but social emotional needs, right? Their social interactions, what they need from the adults. How do we get back to uh, following routines and, and being in person, but at the same time being able to switch our hats in a second and go online. And so um, we're seeing a lot in schools of teacher burnout and uh, students not being engaged because teachers are burnt out and they might be teaching online and in person um, right at the same time. We're also seeing a lot of needs where students on, are spending an exceptional amount of time rebuilding relationships, figuring out how to live in the world, figuring out who they are, right? Because they have been in a lot of cases behind screens for the past 18 months. And so we're seeing a lot in schools of both trying to get students back to be acclimated, part of a community, part of a space where um, they feel comfortable and safe, but also getting back to the rigor, right? And getting back to this space of we have to succeed in school. And it looks a little different now, right? Because we also have opened up the blinders to say like, what is possible, right? The internet, the computers, they make a lot possible. And so we're also seeing this huge space of um, opportunity. And I think this is where the courageous part comes in, right? Um, courage is teachers and um, who are taking the next steps with their students and identifying to hear their voice. Courage is for leaders um, opening up to the ideas of teachers and even holding on to some of those COVID keepers from last year. So I think there's a lot of opportunity here um, for all of us to take a step back, say, what do kids need? What does society need? What do we need as schools and even as teachers? And what are the practices that are gonna help us to um, put that forward, right? And so that's where I think service learning comes in as both that courageous opportunity, but also that opportunity to really um, make sure we're doing what's best for kids and also keeping our adults in mind because um, as we know, we're going through this national shortage right now. And so we have to find a space that's not um, overwhelming to teachers, but is embracing them and embracing um, um, unique opportunities and courageous solutions in education. Absolutely. And, and you really, you started to hit on this, but how can service learning be used to, to tackle some of the things that you're talking about here? Um, 
especially when we're talking about reengaging students in in rigorous education, you know, rigorous student outcomes around academics and and building that um, that safe space for both teachers and students. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I think. So I think back to when I was a first year teacher and I had this extra period in my schedule and I looked at my boss and I was like, well, what am I doing here? And he was like, well, what do you want to do? And so I thought back to not what I wanted to do, but what kids needed, right? What my students needed, my middle school students. And I knew that my middle school students needed um, both to sharpen the skills. I was also their math teacher. So, right, we had plenty of skills that they needed to work on. But we also recognize that they needed to grow as people, right? Middle school is a real awkward age, let's be honest. And so <laughs> we need to provide these students with this opportunity to show their skills, to flex their intelligence, their creativity, to show leadership, right? All of these things. And so um, at that point, I think was the first time I recognized the power of service learning because I both brought to the table questioning for students on what they needed and what they wanted, but also recognizing what I knew they needed and wanted. And from there, I was able to gear learning experiences that enhanced those skills, right? That made them apply them for real life, but that also, you know, really allowed them to shine. Students got to make choices, right? So we can use it for student choice. Students had an opportunity to, um, say like, huh, I remember when I learned this in this class or this grade and apply that. Students had an opportunity to teach each other, to reflect, right, to really actually meet a community need that actually was not part of what I brought to the table at all. I brought the structures for how we were going to learn about these topics, right? I knew that we were learning certain math strategies, and I wanted them to incorporate into their data collection and their analysis. And so I think it's an opportunity for you as the educator to know what those skills are, what those learning outcomes are you want for students but also provide those structures where they can make the choices that they want to, but also gear some of that outcome. Um, and you have to help integrate the learning process and what you want. So that engagement, that voice, that creativity, that leadership is how service learning can be used as a strategy to engage our students, both in the learning process and how they're giving back to their community and growing as people. I love that. And that's I mean, that goes right back to um, what you said about how students see themselves as part of the community. So it all just ties back together. You know, you talked about, so um, when you first did this, it was part of um, that extra um, Mm -hmm. class time that you had. But so what do you say to those teachers who are like, service learning is extra. Mm -hmm. I don't have enough time. Like, how can we convince them that this is something that is worth the investment? Yeah. I think the second part of that story is simply, you know, that I recognize that some of the skills I had been trying to teach them in my math class through direct instruction, right? I do, we do, you do through um, some of like formal strategies wasn't working. And it wasn't until I gave them this opportunity to explore this topic a little more, to ask questions of other students and to see how it connected into their everyday life where you know, I recognize that this actually isn't about something extra. And so that was my first year teaching, right? I went on to teach for several more years. And in that space, I actually started to integrate service learning directly into my coursework. And I think kind of, I think back to what was a prime example that naturally fit. And one of those was that my school was applying for a large grant, right? All of us know when you're applying for some, some sort of funding, you have to collect data and proven need. 
And we had nobody in the school. There's no grant writer, right? We were at this point a small <laughs> charter school. And so we actually engaged my seventh and eighth graders in surveying the entire community and analyzing the data and providing graphic representation and providing statements of need that ultimately led to a great amount of funding, right? And so I think there's these connections, which I'm, I'm hoping we're going to talk about in the upcoming you know, segments about how you make these connections. Where's your entry point? Where's your starting point, mm -hmm. right? And so I think there is, um, there's, listen, there's never enough time for anything, but I think we have to find the space where students are coming in eager and want to learn and we're gearing that learning. And so I think for us, it's, it's really important that we don't just also focus on those academics, right? So your learning goals don't have to be about math. I talk about math because I was a math teacher, but I also really hone in on the ISTE technology standards and on the social emotional learning and on civic engagement or character education or resilience skills, right? So there's a lot of other things that, um, you know, you can, you know, add into this. So it's not just about academic learning. And I just want to make sure we call attention to that, that learning is learning and you can decide on an objective. And so um, that's make it engaging. Absolutely. And we're going to circle back and talk about SEL, social emotional learning, character ed, um, but we do have to take a quick break. Oh, man. So I know, but when we return, we're going to continue our conversation on getting started in service learning with Shira Wolf-Cohen. So stay with us on the power of young people to change the world. Voice American Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. So welcome back, everyone. Um, today I'm here with Shira Wolf-Cohen. She is a service learning expert and founder of Innovative Solutions. Shira, thanks again so much for being here. Um, right before the break, we were, you had just started to talk about social emotional learning, character ed, um, civic engagement. Can you um, talk about how service learning supports um, these learning goals beyond academics um, within Absolutely. our classrooms? Absolutely. 
So, you know, service learning um, is not just about volunteering. It's not just about service. There are these um, quality elements that make service learning stand out. And each of those elements has, has aspects that really can help sharpen us uh, own students' identity, their understanding of the world. Um, and so I like to say that those things like building partnerships with others, right, helps our students to, to build those communication skills, to feel that they are making that difference. And in that communication is just not like, hey, I'm writing a letter to a, um, you know, a fake candy company, but I'm actually reaching out by phone call to ask about these specific questions, right? The fact that they are being recognized and um, taken seriously allows for them to build that confidence. We allow for them to see um, other people and other populations. Um, now, I would guess we also get to, they get to see other locations, right, with the addition of Zoom. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's this space of how are we building their social awareness of what's going on around them? Um, and how do we make sure that they know, you know, how to communicate with people both who are like them, but also who are not like them? And how do they recognize and respect and seek to learn more about others that they don't understand? Um, so I think there's a space of this social emotional learning and character development that also goes along with their the ability to lead, right? I'm leading this project. I'm leading this team. I'm leading this event, right? I'm creating this website where they have this ownership. Um, and this ownership allows for our students, again, to build that confidence, but to also build that respect for others, build their own self-awareness and self-identity and what it looks like. And who knows, maybe they're even going to discover some uh, interests that they might have that lead to future careers. I can't tell you the number of students that I look back on 10 years ago and are now in positions that were really started when they took on leadership roles in service learning experiences. Some of my favorite um, memories are working with young people who were like into design or things mm -hmm. like that. And now that's their career. Like they designed a logo a as a service percent. Yeah. Like just something that was their spark. I also think um, as you're talking about this, it reminds me that there's that also that connection to the teacher mm -hmm. that is so powerful when um, students have this experience um, with that with that teacher. Yeah. Um, could you touch on that just a little? Yeah. I mean, listen, I think um, sometimes uh, really welcoming service learning means uh, letting go of the reins a little bit in your classroom, right? And so um, you start to kind of uh, lessen your height and, and the students get a little taller, right? You're seeing a little bit more on the same levels. They're actually telling you things that you're like, oh my gosh, who would have ever thought this? I also think it gives you a space to work side by side with students and facilitate their learning versus teaching them information, right? We, we all know that students are not banks. We can't deposit information on them. They're not going to, we're not going to be able to like, you know, make them learn all of the information directly from us saying it. We learn it and they learn it from really doing it, right? And so um, we also get this space where we're helping them to navigate the skills that we want them to learn through these experiences and through the process, right? The IPARD process of service learning, which includes being able to investigate 
um, you know, the cause or the social issue, being able to prepare. What does it take to prepare? Does it take budgets? Does it take press releases? Does it take lists? Does it take graphing? Does it take creating a website? Does it take learning these skills that are behind these things? Does it take reaching out to a, a politician and learning how to do that and what politicians are and what the issues they're, you know, um, excited about? I think there's a lot there. And so um, I, I think we have to find this space where teachers are comfortable letting it be a little messy. And so the best learning doesn't also happen in this quiet room. And so um, it happens in a place where students are discussing and they're engaging and they have lots of materials and they have dinner and interactions. I'll put a little asterisk saying, okay, we recognize that we're still in a pandemic. So maybe they're not interacting uh, in person so much, but there are other ways to do that. Um, but as a teacher, you are naturally being authentic, right? You are sharing with students what you know about this topic because both you might be engaging in an academic or learning objective that you know about, but also maybe you're talking about a topic you are not that well-versed in, right? But the students were really passionate about. And so you're learning alongside and naturally these relationships will happen. The students that I look back on and, and being an educator for 20 years, I now have uh, past students who are teachers. They were teachers for me. I have ones who are doctors. I have ones that own companies, multi-million dollar companies. And when I I look back at our relationships, those relationships 100% bloomed when I was facilitating their learning through the service learning process. Well, and what I appreciate too about service learning is that it there's an opportunity for every student to engage and to discover something new about themselves. And so I'd really love to dig in. You've been doing this now you aged yourself, so that's on okay. you. Yeah, okay, I did, <laughs> that's right. not, it's not my fault this time. Um, but let's like, what does this look like in like that K3 arena, right? Like yeah. in those grades, what does that look like for teachers, but also for the students? Yeah. Because I think a lot of times our, our teachers struggle because they don't really get what, what does this even look like? Yep. So I guess I had this like approach as a school leader that um, we build community and we do service learning from the inside out. Here's what I mean by that. I mean that in kindergarten through third grade, doing projects that impact uh, other countries, for example, that students can't directly see their impact and understand their impact might be challenging. And so in K to three, I really, really focus on classroom based service learning right? Um, that can be done both in the classroom, both with their right homeroom teachers, but also this collaboration of the art teacher, the PE teacher, the music teacher, right? These other teachers that are part of the school. But I also think there's something about the beneficiaries. Uh, the beneficiaries really in younger grades are most impactful for students and for their learning and for their growing when they can see that impact. And so a lot of times in K to three, um, their service learning beneficiaries might be their own families, right? And so a good example of that might be um, my, uh, you know, uh, first graders um, at my old school focused on kind of, you know, what kids need. And so part of what they did was those those first grade students would talk about what they needed as kids. And then they would engage their families in a family event where as part ahead of time, they would go home with the, some of the information that they had gathered and they had learned about what kids need, both what would they need and what they want, right? So there, there's a clear learning goal there about understanding needs and wants and understanding uh, communities and kids. 
and would go and gather some of that those items and bring them to a family night where they would then gather packages. They would be able to create, um, they would create artwork to send with it and cards. And then they would practice their I can statements, right? Like um, they would be able to use their statements for reflection. So they would be able to say things like, I can understand why we need water. Or they would say, um, I learned to give back to others, right? And so there was this reflection space also as first graders as being able to write the sentence and write it accurately, right? We know uh, <laughs> they would want to do that accurately. And so um, K-3 to really looks like that and is really honed in on this close classroom community so that students can see the impacts and also topics um, and social issues that are important for their age group, right? We're not going to talk about um, a social issue of, um, you know, sexual violence, right? With, yeah. uh, with, first graders, right? Maybe in high school, that might be an appropriate topic, right? So we also want to ensure that there are things that make sense for younger grades, right? Some of the um, social issues that I have um, overseen and facilitation have been things like what kids need, keeping kids safe, um, what it's like when I get older, um, uh, being healthy, right? So um, those kind of uh, topics that K to three makes sense for them to learn about at a young age. And I love, um, it's, that classroom-based, um, we always say that your, your classroom can be the community, which is, is exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I also remember visiting some of your um, some of the classrooms in your school and um, that connection to animals and how the the those younger grades just wanted to save animals, and <laughs> that's such a powerful. I just still could I, the way yeah the way the teachers connected that was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, be, we, we have a little time before break. So I would love to talk more about that middle and high mm -hmm. school yeah. age group, yeah. because that's where we can really see service learning shine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So let's, I, I, I know we have a few minutes till break, so I'm going to really chat about these middle grades and high school grades. Right. I think again, building with this theme from the inside out, I think as you get to, um, you know, upper elementary and middle school, they really start to have those communities and the beneficiaries um, be the full school community, right? The current neighborhood, right? Again, seeing these connections and the topics and social issues can be things that are a little bit more advanced, right? Some of them that we had um, were things like uh, being a successful digital citizen, uh, homelessness and hunger, uh, environmental change, um, diversity. So, right, getting a little bit more advanced with those. And again, really working to have, as you get into these middle grades, right, we also have subject area teachers. So it's this great space to sit down and collaboratively plan about what's going to happen in each of these subject areas that informs this topic, but is also directly connected to what you're teaching at that time. It's not about changing what you're teaching, right? It's yeah. about saying like, I'm right now teaching this type of writing and this type of writing can be integrated here, right? Or or I'm teaching about this time in history. And so let's look at this social issue through this time in history, right? And so there is this space of that collaboration. I, I have I have to end with talking about, you know, these the high school, because there is the space 
of this direct connection to careers, right? Yes, and, absolutely. Um, to me, when I think about high school and I think about service learning, I directly, and we talked about it informally, but like it can be formalized. There are career standards. There are opportunities to overlap those career standards with um, the process of service learning and what makes service learning quality um, and ensure that students are having an opportunity to explore their career, to um, really kind of prepare a little bit, to understand uh, what it would like be like to step into that career. Um, and so I think there's this space also of really having students directly connect um, and reflect on what this could be like if it helped them to succeed in their future, not just with academics, but their personal life, their career goals, um, you know, and really those cross-sector competencies that uh, students need in order to succeed, no matter what job or what career they are going to. And so I think um, that's how middle and high school really kind of ties into that building from the inside out, because by the time they get to high school, they're out there working with career professionals, they're serving at nonprofits, uh, they might be uh, running school enterprises at your own school, or being in a class that's directly partnered with a daycare where they are learning about how to be an educator while also serving them, right? And so I think there is just a lot of space for uh, high school and for, again, building that engagement, like we want students to be excited to be in school. And in order to do that, we also have to make space for them to grow in all these different areas so that they're excited to be there and want to build relationships with us. Absolutely. So there's making that space, but also then having them connect to their future, like seeing the relevance of what yes. they're learning and why they're learning it while also giving back, but also mm -hmm. then like hopefully taking that connection to community with them as they grow and leave school um, and move into career, they still have that connection to community. We do have to take another quick break. And then we'll, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation. So stay with me on the power of young people to change the world. We'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. 
You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, again, if you're just joining us today, we're discussing how to get started in service learning and with service learning expert and founder of Innovative Solutions, Shira Wolf-Cohen. So Shira, before we went to break, we were really kind of um, diving into um, what service learning looks like for, for um, different age groups. And you were hitting on some of those outcomes. Um, specifically, we were talking about career um, outcomes. I'm wondering, you know, mental health is such a huge issue. Um, well, it's, it's always been a huge issue, but it's just because of the pandemic, it's really um, a lot of, a lot of young people are struggling with, with mental health as are our teachers. And so I'm wondering um, if you can talk a little bit about um, mental health and service learning and the connection there. Yeah. So I think, um, I think you spoke on it a little bit, right? The pandemic has definitely exacerbated um, mental health issues and the need, you know, forget mental health issues, right? Let's, let's look above the horizon and say, like, there has to be this space of like maintaining self-care too, right? And so um, I think that there is a space of both recognizing that students are, have been going through stuff and you know, so have we, um, and also taking care of yourself. And so, um, I I think at Innovagus, we came up with a saying this, this summer, right. Um, the saying is what's your plan to laugh today, right. And laugh is an acronym. And so, um, before I tell you what the laugh stands for, I want to say that these are things that all teachers should be integrating. This, this saying, um, makes sense for schools, uh, educators. It makes sense for students. Um, and, this should be stuff that is integrated no matter what you're doing, right? Like I feel like service learning naturally lends itself to some of these, but I also think as a teacher and as an educator, as a leader, as a youth service provider, you have to recognize that these things are important um, to integrate all the time. And so LAF stands for love yourself, right? We talk about self-talk. Um, mm-hmm. How do we have positive affirmations? How do we use affirmations? Um, applying boundaries and prioritizing. Um, there's so much. Every time I turn around, there's something else piled on people's plates, yep. right? We keep bringing it up. Uh, teachers are losing their preps. We have um, people who are combining jobs. We have people who are taking on secondary jobs uh, so that they can, uh, you know, save money and maybe like uh, now we're working remotely. So, you know, it the whole life blends together. Um, so, apply boundaries and prioritize, right? How do we think about what's important and what needs to get done now? And I think that's something we can really important and integrate with students. Um, We want people to use their bodies and move and we have to expose our students and ourselves to all the different ways that can happen, right? Um, I discovered walking in podcasts uh, and I've been telling everyone (laughs) this. Amy's like, you've told me this 10 times uh, during um, the pandemic, right? And so that's my space. You have every episode of this show downloaded. I I actually do, believe it or not, as well as, so many of awesome <laughs> podcasts that are out there. Yes. Um, but I also believe, you know, so that's you, right? Use your, mo- use your body and move. Uh, G is gratitude every day. Um, making sure that you're identifying when you see students doing the right thing, narrate what they're doing. Don't focus on the negative, narrate the positive, give gratitude both for yourself and what's going on in uh, your classroom. And then lastly, have fun, right? Nice. Service learning led to so much fun. By the way, I went to so many national service learning conferences with uh, Amy and my students and like just had so much fun. I think we had some concerts, American 
idle people, things like that, yeah. right? Just lots of fun. And so I think when you integrate these things, you both keep people's mental health a little bit more stable through the fun stuff and through the power, you know, boundaries and prioritizing. Um, and this should be done at any time, but also is a great space to integrate it with service learning. I love laugh. I love that. That yes. is, that's a great acronym. Yes. If you go to our website, you can download the, uh, the poster for free and print it for yourself. That's awesome. You know, um, you, you've had a lot of great success with service learning. I'm wondering if you can speak to some of the challenges um, that maybe you've experienced, especially when it comes to building those relationships with students, or maybe um, some of the things you've heard from educators um, of how they've um, utilized service learning to help build and build some of those bridges with students. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, I experienced this again, my first year teaching, I don't know how anyone else's first year teaching, but my first year 20 years ago was a hot disaster. (laughs) And I think back to, I had to be super creative in how I reached my students. Right. And, um, I had students who, when I taught them math, they clammed up, they didn't want to participate. They were not interested in some ways they were defiant, but then when I was uh, having them and integrating service learning and giving them this opportunity in this extra class, right, that I had in my first year, I saw these different kids. I saw these kids that were willing to take risks and willing to contribute and actually followed the things that were important and the steps for success that I offered in the class so that they could achieve things. And I had to figure out where that gap was. And so once I figured out that that gap was finding the balance in my own classroom, um, I was really able to build those relationships with students. And so the challenges that I hear from educators most often are um, they don't do what I ask. Hmm. They don't follow through with their responsibilities, right? Those two things are the things that come up the most. And I think in order to do that, you can't expect students to just, we're not while we are authoritative in the classroom, right? We are authority figures. We don't have to be authoritative in our communications and our interactions. And so I found out really fast, and I think for teachers, you know, you should recognize that when students are defiant in that way, we have to find out the why and we have to help them overcome it, right? And so um, I think there's a lot of challenge there, but I think we can ask questions We can spend some time with students. We can give them opportunities to check in and tell them, tell us how they're feeling. Um, And I think service learning naturally, especially because of the high quality element of reflection, gives us a space to integrate a strategy that works for us. Now, listen, I've had teachers say like, I have students write journals and I write them back. I'll tell you straight up, I would not be doing that. But what (laughs) I can do is I might be able to have them Uh, create a flip grid that's private where I can then talk back at them for, you know, give them some response uh, verbally, right? I do the same thing with my grad students. They write 20,000 paragraphs. I, it's just not my best strong point, right? And so I want to communicate best the content. And so I, I do, I do video blogs for them. So I think you have to figure out where that space is and, and then approach it from there so that you can build the relationship and figure out the why when things aren't going right. I really appreciate that. Um, so uh, my niece, um, her first year of teaching was the year of the pandemic. So oh, when gosh. hot mess, yeah, hot mess. <laughs> hot mess. <laughs> so she's she's sticking with it. I, I love her to, dearly. She's an English teacher. Um, so if I wanted to get her started in service learning, which I, you know, 
am trying to do. Um, what do teachers need to know before they get started? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, like, I think it makes sense for you to understand, you know, to just dig in and say like, oh, I'm going to do service learning and jump into your classroom. Uh, my guess is you're going to end up with some sort of service, right? And not necessarily service learning. So I always think the first step for, for teachers is um, doing some of their own learning, right? Maybe it's something with your school, right? Some schools, it was part of a purposeful orientation or ongoing professional development, right? Um, but in some schools, you you might be looking for a solution that will be innovative and courageous, right? Because obviously service learning is innovative as well. And so we also want to, you know, make sure that you have the knowledge. Now, the NYLC has a lot of great resources. So if you're like, where do I go? You don't have to go anywhere. Just go to the NYLC website and download Getting Started in Service Learning. There's also, you can join, right? You can uh, join the network um, and get a lot of access to free resources. And so my first step is um, getting to know service learning. My second step um, is uh, always matching service and learning, right? And so I think it is great and all to think we're going to walk into a classroom and say to students, today you're learning about um, how to write persuasive essays, and you're going to do it in a topic that is anything that you want, right? A lot of times we do have to gear the learning a little bit. Maybe that wasn't the best example, right? Because I guess you could write anything persuasive. But we have to come to the table with actually what they want to learn. And we have to match what would be good possible service outcomes, even if it's just understanding, is it advocacy? I'm, by no means are we saying we have to know exactly what students are doing. But we might have a media. So, for example, if I'm a graphic design teacher, I might know for sure that my students are going to be creating a new website for several nonprofits that we're going to partner with. But it's going to be up to the students to figure out which nonprofit is the best match for them, what the website is going to look like, do all the figuring out what, you know, how to host it, meeting with the clients, right? So we have to both identify the structure and where the space is for that student voice. And so those are, for me, those two things that you have to do. You have to identify what is the learning outcome that you absolutely want students to walk away with, and then what are the possible service um, structures or frameworks that would make sense for you to um, gear students a little bit in a direction that meets the needs of your course, if you're teaching a course that has requirements, because that is our primary focus in those courses. Absolutely. And I love that you brought it back to, so understand what service learning is and what it isn't. It's not service hours during the school day. Like mm -hmm. service learning is actually a pedagogy. There is a process to it. It's connected to learning outcomes, but then also um, ensuring that students have a voice within that and um, a choice on how, how to engage. Are there pitfalls that teachers should be aware of when they first get started? So, I mean, I said this a little bit, but you know, the pitfall is that it is, it's an, it's a, it's a busy process, right? Organized chaos, I would say. <laughs> and so you have to be okay with that. Um, you also have to recognize that it might be a little different from the way students are learning. And so you might have to pause and do some extra of um, classroom management and role distribution and understanding those steps for success of what it's like in each class when it's a little bit different of what you've done, right? Um, I think other pitfalls are, are just really you know, might be perspective of other people. And um, 
I think that there's a space of if you're the only teacher who is learning about service learning and utilizing it as an instructional strategy, that other people might question your noisy, uh, organized chaos. And so there is some space of communicating to people why service learning, right? Um, what is your reason for wanting to do this? What is the reason you're finding out from students that this will help address? And so I think that could be a pitfall. And our hope is that um, if you are the first, that others will also be interested, but that also um, you're not the first. And so this will hopefully be something that is embraced by your school community, um, by your leaders. And if not, it gives you a chance to educate some, some other people about why this is important and why it meets the needs for your students and your school community and your instruction. I love that. And um, hopefully collecting those stories and having students share their success um, will help in that persuasion with other teachers and with administration. Yes. We do have to take one last short break. Then when we come back, we're going to get some final reflections from Shira. So stay with us on the power of young people to change the world. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Um, in our last few minutes together, I really want to get some reflections from you, Shara. Um, what advice do you have for teachers who want to advocate for service learning in their schools? Yeah. So um, I talked about before, it's important to know about service learning, but I think it's even more important for you to know about your school, right? Um, if you want to advocate for service learning, you have to see the space for it in um, what is in the long-term plans, right? And so um, that might mean getting to know your school's uh, strategic plan, um, getting to know the priorities, the mission and values of your school, because um, the best way to advocate is to show how it's connected to um, your school or organization. And so maybe your school or organization has a mission uh, to both support uh, student academics, but also social and emotional learning, right? Maybe that's part of your mission. 
you can identify some of the places, some of the high quality elements of service learning that really speak to social emotional learning, right? That addressing a genuine need, that reflection, right? That building partnerships with others. And so I think there is this space of making sure that you have direct connections to your current school environment, right? Another example might be your organization might be focused on um, environmental education, right? What a better way for students to learn about the environment than um, addressing it, taking care of it, researching, figuring out future solutions, right? Let's talk about that. Future solutions. These kids are way smarter than we would ever imagine. So um, maybe way we don't smarter even, than me. That's oh my sure. gosh, they are so smart. Even <laughs> I mean, so ridiculously smart. And so, like, let's not even focus on that, right? Because we can't actually even focus on preparing them for careers that will happen now, because careers five and ten years from now are going to be different, right? And so, we really have to find those places that directly align with our school mission, vision, um, strategic plans, um, so we can find. Um, you know, that sweet spot, that's a good place to go talk to your leader, to share with your grade partners an idea you have for enriching a lesson by also integrating some of the student values, right? By going and sharing what you're doing at a board meeting and using some of those buzzwords directly that the board um, has approved mm -hmm. and knows that is part of these important documents that reference your school, right? And so, to me, if you want to advocate for service learning, you need to figure out how you make a direct connection and link to priorities for your school or organization. Um, and once you do that, um, that's a great place. So there's also a back end place, right? Which that back end place is like you do something in your classroom, maybe you're coming to a school where you also used service learning at your other school. There's an opportunity for you to come in and do something where there's a lot of success that you can share. And so there's, there's also an opportunity for you to share these successes and student voices and um, what happened as a result of the way you taught this unit using um, service learning as an instructional strategy and then sharing that with others. And so I think those two things tend to get a lot of the population when you're advocating. Um, and so I want to encourage you to do both sharing of stories and making connections to you know establish priorities. Wonderful. I just want to open it up to you, Sharon, just ask, what are your final thoughts um, that you want to share with our listeners on, on service learning? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I am an educational leader. I am a, uh, was a school principal. I now mentor principals and coach them. I develop professional development. Um, and I, was introduced to service learning in not a school setting, right? Um, both as a young person where I was part of um, my uh, Jewish youth group and I learned about tikkun olam, taking care of the world, right? And then I went and was part of an AmeriCorps program where I learned about service learning, but all through the kind of OST out of school time world, right? Which is also amazing. We didn't talk a lot about, but still amazing and yep. great opportunities for service learning. Um, but as a school leader, I want service learning to be an instructional strategy that teachers and administrators recognize the benefits of. The same way we say we use project-based learning and that's how we build our units. The same way we would say we build our units um, or we use certain strategies that allow for our students to engage deeper through um, higher order thinking, right? Uh, uh, depth of knowledge questions, right? Service learning is an approach to how we teach something. 
And so when we can think about it in that way and think about it in the same level of these other important instructional strategies that um, lead to outcomes for student learning, whether that's student learning and student skills, both academic, social, emotional, all of those things, then we can actually really hone in on it as an instructional strategy, part of how teachers plan, right? When teachers plan uh, units throughout the year, they might have a theme or educators might have a theme, right? In, in my past school, I think I mentioned this a little bit, we said, we can't have teachers changing every um, year. We can't have them changing their social issue that they're focusing on because it doesn't allow them to deepen their curriculum and their mm -hmm. connections to learning. And so we actually landed on K to eight social issues. So also by the time students left eighth grade, they had gotten, they had addressed all of these social issues on the way. But also it was a space where teachers could deepen the learning connections. They could continue to find texts that match. They could continue to surface those vocabulary words. They could build those partnerships, right? Um, and so it was a deeper and more rigorous experience each year because the teachers were able to build on that. And so um, I think there is this opportunity to really use service learning as an instructional strategy that supports academics, social and emotional, character building, leadership, career development, um, impacts on the community and how students see themselves in, that, in their role in their community, right? And do it all at the same time while we're building them up and ensuring that they have that self-care and you know mental health that they need to because we're doing strategies along the way that um, keep them balanced. And so, um, yeah, that's my final word. I'm, I, I think service learning is a great strategy and we should be using it in all classrooms and all schools and out of school time programs to ensure all outcomes for students. And I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I want to put a plug in. So Sharon and I co-facilitate um, the certificate in service learning instructional leadership. And so if you're listening and you're like, yes, 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 um, come join us and we'll take a deep dive and help you develop an amazing toolkit and some expertise um, in this area so that you can um, advocate for it in your school, um, in your classrooms, and really um, hone your service learning expertise. Yeah, join Shira, us. Yes. <laughs> Shira, thank you so much for being on the show today. Of course. Uh, your knowledge, expertise, you just, you always blow me away. Plus it's fun. Everybody needs to go to innovagus.com and download their laugh poster. I know mm -hmm. I'm going to have mine up on the wall. I love that. Um, if you want to learn more about Innovagus, check out. So it's I-N-N-O-V-A-G-E-O-U-S.com. Uh, you can always contact me too at info, I-N-F-O at nylc.org. I'll make sure you get connected to Sharon Innovagus. Again, Shara, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you to our listeners. Yes, thank you. If you missed the start of today's show or you'd like to access prior shows, visit our homepage on Voice America Radio. Um, you can download the podcast from any of your favorite iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, Google Play, any of those fun apps. Next Thursday, I'm going to be joined um, by Lena Towie. She's the founder of Green Mangroves, 
and a speaker at the 2021 UN Climate Change Conference, which was held in Milan, Italy. We, um, we pre-recorded the show. She was live from Milan. Um, joining Lena is uh, the Global Educator and Qatar Foundation International Education Team member, Jennifer Geist. Jennifer is going to share her insights into service learning and creating spaces for youth to share their voices and take action on their passions. So mark your calendars, Thursday, 6 o'clock Eastern. And until next week, join us as we serve, learn, change the world. Have a great week. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for tuning in this week to the power of young people to change the world. Your host, Amy Muirs, will return for another program next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll serve, learn, change the world.